Power and Paradox by the Kinky Pet, Chapter 28. Notes. I'm back. Sorry for the delay. Travel, work, struggling to get this chapter right, or mostly right, and I learned how to use Photoshop for this. Anyway, please have this longer than usual chapter to make up for my absence. My love to Phage for giving this an extra beta read and laughing in all the right places. Warnings. Inappropriate joke about self-harm. Affectionate, reappropriated use of the word dyke. This is Anship. This will be the first time that I'm doing a description of visible media, so I'd appreciate any constructive criticism you might give. On to the chapter. Rogers was already in the kitchen the next morning when Tony wandered in wearing the same jeans and ACDC shirt as last night. Well, morning. It was like 11 a.m., but whatever. Good morning, Mr. Stark, Rogers said with a smile, looking up from his honest-to-god black-and-white newsprint newspaper, the kind that smelled and got ink on your fingers. Mr. Stark, there it was. Rogers was still talking. Something, thanks, breakfast, coffee, something, something, but Tony wasn't really listening, and it must have showed because Rogers frowned and asked with a hint of concern. Mr. Stark? Tony, he corrected, and Rogers' eyes went wide. My friends call me Tony. So yeah, I mean, we're teammates and friends, so yeah, you should... you should call me Tony. Kep's face lit up with this big, beautiful, earnest smile. Tony rolled his eyes. Calm down, Cap. I'm not... asking to leave your boot prints all over my ass or anything. Tony held in the crude words and cleared his throat, hunching in on himself a little. It's no big deal. Please, call me Steve, Rogers said warmly. Steve, yeah, sure. Tony paused and added, fumbling around for one of the big coffee cups. Still gonna call you Cap, though. Rogers grinned. I'd be disappointed if you didn't, Tony. There's something sweet about the way Rogers, no, Steve, said his name, like he was testing it out or savoring it or actually felt honored or privileged or whatever the polite convention said he was supposed to feel. May I have the honor of calling you Anthony? Did you want some breakfast? Cap offered again, setting his newspaper down. I ate a while ago, but could make something. Nah, Tony waved him off, savoring the coffee. I'll heat up leftovers in a bit. Oh, right. Rogers, no, Steve, glanced away. I'm sorry I fell asleep and left you to clean up. I was really enjoying Star Trek, but I guess the workout caught up with me unexpectedly. Tony shrugged. No worries, we can watch that one again if you like. That would be nice, Cap sounded pleased. Cool. Tony glanced around. Bruce was almost certainly in his lab, but where? Hey, where are the super agents? Physical therapy, Cap said with a serious look. Still? Yeah, Natasha's wrist is almost back to normal, but Clint's ankle still gives him a little trouble. Better safe than sorry. They should be cleared for active duty soon, though. Good, Tony finished off his coffee. That reminds me, I'll have something for you soon. Something for me, Steve said in surprise. Yeah, Tony said, pouring himself a second cup. I'm upgrading your body armor. I mean, all the body armor, of course. So yeah, new uniform on the way. That's very kind of you, Steve said slowly. Tony shrugged. If you're already making changes, Steve began hesitantly, frowning. Uh, do you think you could make it not quite so tight? His voice lifted up hopefully. Tony frowned. Are there any particular problem areas? Then he called out, Jarvis, get me a screen with cap suit here. Tony slid the blowing grease screen over where Steve could see. So what's the problem? Chafing? Impaired mobility? Oh, uh, nothing like that, Steve said, peering at Tony from around the screen. Just, it's, well, it's awful tight. The tips of Steve's ears were pink. Makes me feel kind of... exposed. Tony managed not to laugh, but only barely. Seriously? This guy had nothing to be embarrassed about. Sorry, Cap, Tony said. It's got a body con for practical reasons. Oh, of course, Steve said. I understand, and it's fine, really. So, uh, 
Tony said, taking another sip of coffee. I'll let you know when I get a prototype ready. It shouldn't be too long. By my current calculations, the polyaramid ratio is up to 6.7 to 1. Once I hit 7, we're golden. Tony took a carton of chow mein out of the fridge and topped off his coffee. Well, he said, better get to it. Good luck. Cool, Tony waved. Later, Cap. Just 40 days to the new dream you, and your dom's dream come true, too. Our revolutionary weight loss program discovered by a stay-at-home mom uses a unique combination of acacia berries and oleander extract to bring you effortless results and help you keep them. From flab to fab, unleash the beauty of your true inner submissive. Retail supplements $149.99 a month, but for a limited time, only available to you for just $39.99 a month with promo code SUBBEAUTYFOREVER. Okay, Jarvis, Tony said around a bite of chow mein. Send that over to Leo in manufacturing. Bump it up to the top. Priority one, ASAP code thingy. Dunsa. Mmm, Tony murmured, pulling another big bite of noodles in his mouth with a slurp. The specs on the polyaramid looked great. He hated not to do the whole thing from scratch, but the workshop wasn't set up for that kind of manufacturing. Besides, Leo was the best. He'd take care of it. And fast. Tony drummed his fingers on his workbench. Maybe he'd go check on Bruce in his lab, where Bruce pretended that he wasn't still looking for a way to eliminate the Hulk. Tony played along and pretended not to know, because he was nice like that. Tony considered it for a few moments, but decided he was too fidgety for any place with test tubes. Dummy, get over here! Dummy obeyed eagerly. What? He can describe adverbs to his bots if he wants to. Yeah, good boy. Let's check you over, okay? Tony sat cross-legged on the floor and grabbed his special toolkit, the one he only used on the bots, and tipped the little guy over. And now that he had something to keep his hands busy, maybe he could consult an expert about that other thing. Jarvis, get ready on the line, would you? Of course, sir. Dialing now. Ring. Ring. Click. Mm? Hey, Sour Patch, what's up? Rody groaned. Do you have any idea what time it is here? He mumbled into his phone. Uh, no. Where are you anyway? Rody humped. You're not cleared for that information. Well, then you can't blame me for waking you up. Give me one good reason not to hang up on you and go straight back to sleep. You've asked me to keep an eye on Cap, Tony blurted. I don't think I've been doing a very good job. I maybe need your help. Rody sighed audibly. What have you tried so far? Uh... Tony oiled Dummy's right front wheel. So, nothing. No! We watched Star Trek and ordered Chinese last night. Aw, oh, man! You introduced Steve to Star Trek without me? Sorry, Tony said without any real contrition, moving to tighten Dummy's J-75 joint. Whatever. There was a pause, then Rody laughed and said teasingly, Wait, Star Trek and Chinese? Please tell me you're not chasing around the tower 24-7 trying to get in his pants. Tony clenched at the screwdriver in his hand. Fuck you, Tony snapped. I'm not 16 anymore, and I said, Tony, you were 14, and I'm only teasing. I didn't mean to imply, I was sorry for that years and years ago. I'm not a dumb teenager anymore, or some sex-crazed nympho who can't keep in his pants for 10 minutes. For God's sake, he's my captain. I'm not- Tony! Rody barked through his rant. Jesus, I'm sorry, okay? I was only teasing. I didn't mean anything by it. Tony glared angrily at Dummy's motor. I didn't realize it was still a sore spot, okay? Rody hesitated. And you know I didn't really mind much anyway. I thought it was kind of sweet. Tony poked sullenly at one of Dummy's wheels. Anyhow, Rody continued apologetically. It all turned out okay for us in the end, right? He cleared his throat. It sounds like you're doing just fine with Steve. Yeah, but... Tony fumbled. Now what? What do you mean, now what? Rody asked. Hang out. Watch more Star Trek. Talk. Then Rody added with clear exasperation. And for God's sake, Tony, let the man use your first name. Oh, that? <laughs> Did that ages ago. Ages. Like five hours. Good. Rody sounded satisfied. The silence lingered. So that's it? Rody asked. 
He called to ask me how to make new friends. Rhody said it in a gently teasing tone that took away the word's potential bite. Tony winced anyway. When you say it like that, it sounds stupid. Just... Tony shrugged. I don't... It's been a while, you know? Come on, Rhody. When was the last time I made a new friend? Uh, just now? Huh? Dr. Banner. Pfft. Tony waved it away. He's a scientist. Doesn't count. Like hell it doesn't! Tony didn't answer. After a few moments' silence, Rhody said, I know you think you're crap with people, but you're not. At least, not always. And I think... He paused a moment, considering. You've got a really good team, Tony. I didn't get to know them all very well, but Steve... Well, Steve is a really good guy, and I could tell he admires you. And hey, that's a more illustrious beginning than we had. So don't sweat it, Tones. You're fine, really. Tony gnawed on his lip. Rhody cleared his throat, and Tony recognized it for what it was. A hearty, is that enough talking about feelings and interpersonal shit? Please? Tony smiled and changed the subject. So, how's the suit? Oh, fine. Sure. Go ahead and ask about your baby instead of your best friend. I see how it is. They fell into the old, familiar groove of good-natured teasing, and all was well with the world. Tumblr.com slash blog slash liberty slash gif. Hashtag Captain Liberationism gifts for the win. An image. Captioned, Liberationism is sexy. Steve Rogers astride a large Harley Davidson. Image. Captioned. I believe all submissives deserve the same rights and opportunities as Dom's. A cutout of Captain Rogers wearing a Captain America suit, looking seriously at the camera. An image. Captioned. Liberationism is really sexy. A picture of Captain Rogers wearing a tight t-shirt, looking directly at the camera and smiling. Image. Captioned. And I always have. Image of Captain Rogers in his uniform, with one eyebrow raised, looking seriously at the camera. An image. Captioned. Really, really sexy. An image of Captain Rogers just after transformation, shirtless, with smooth skin and muscles exposed, lightly dotted with sweat. An image, captioned, with liberty and justice for all. An image of Captain Rogers wearing a more modern suit and his shield, looking very serious and stoic. Later that afternoon, Dummy was tossing a ball against the wall and running his dexterity protocols while Tony tinkered away at the TV playing in the background. You like Project Runway? Tony spun. Bruce stood in the doorway to the workshop, holding a thermos of coffee and two cups. Tony squinted at him. So what if I do? I'm the king of making it work. What do you want? Bruce shrugged. I brought some coffee, and I wanted to see how Operation Mantis Shrimp is coming along. Sent the prototype off to manufacturing earlier. Come see! Bruce poured them both coffee, and listened as Tony ran through the specs, rehashed the bits he'd borrowed from the Mantis Shrimp research, then showed him the plans for turning the high-tech fabric into an actual suit. So the joints are always the most vulnerable, obviously, so I'll... Forgive the interruption, sirs, Jarvis said, but there's a call for Dr. Banner at the main stock industry switchboard asking to be put through. At Stark Industries, Bruce asked, squinting. Who would call me there, I wonder? Dr. Betty Ross, Dr. Banner. Bruce took a sharp breath, his expression pained. Oh. Shall I put the call through? Jarvis asked. No, no, don't, Bruce swallowed. And don't, don't record a message. If you have to say something, say I am unavailable or unreachable, and block any future calls from... from Dr. Ross. A pause. Very well, Dr. Banna. Jarvis answered in an entirely neutral tone. Tony just stared. Bruce wouldn't meet his eyes and seemed to be breathing a little quick, a little shallow. Tony swallowed. Uh, I hate to pry, Tony began. Then don't, Bruce spat. He slammed his fist down on the workbench, making Tony's tools jump and clatter. The harsh clang echoed through the shop. Bruce took a long, deep breath, then said, 
sorry. Sorry, Tony. I shouldn't have... I'm sorry. And began deep breathing exercises, face turned away. Bruce was famous for his anger. Supposedly, it was what had created the Hulk, but this was the first evidence of it Tony had ever seen. It was startling, but not frightening, though maybe it should have been. Hey, it's okay, Tony said. Bruce had both his hands resting, palms down on the workbench. Tony ducked under his arm to get in close and give Bruce a hug. Bruce froze. You really shouldn't, he warned. I'm dangerous. Tony shrugged and rested his head against Bruce's chest. You wouldn't hurt me. You can't be sure of that. Bruce made no move to hug Tony back. Yes, I can. I have an unpredictable temper, Bruce said. <laughs> Tony said. I hit that bench all the time. Didn't scare me. It probably should, Bruce said, body still tight. I didn't think about it, just lashed out. But you hit a table. Tony shrugged again, then said in a high, tremulous voice, eyes wide, Oh wait, you're right, I'm so scared! Then teasingly, Better hold me and comfort me, poor delicate little thing that I am. Come on, big guy. Bruce let out a choked laugh and wrapped his arms around Tony, squeezing tight. Little by little, the tension left Bruce's body as they breathed in unison. Bruce rested his cheek on the top of Tony's head and rubbed his shoulders. Tony smiled. Bruce, Rhodey, the doms in his life were all the same. They only seemed to take comfort by offering it, even if it was an illusion. They'd rather be the one giving the hug, playing the big spoon. Tony wondered vaguely if there were actually some sort of neurochemical aspect to it, or if they were just socialized only to accept comfort indirectly. In the end, Tony supposed it was unknowable, and he didn't particularly care since he'd figured out how to do what he could for the doms he cared about. Sorry, Tony, Bruce mumbled, starting to pull away. Tony held on tight. Do you want to talk about it? Tony asked quietly. No, Bruce said. He let out a long sigh, then answered anyway. Betty just won't let it go. Tony wasn't sure if it was polite to press, but he did it anyway, keeping his voice soft. When you first talked about her, I thought the two of you were together, but then you never brought her around or said anything about her, and I hated to ask. Did you break up? Essentially, we... well, we can't be together. Why not? Why not? Bruce repeated incredulously. You've seen footage of the Hulk, right? Tony nodded. Adam has to be in control, Bruce said, then let out a bitter laugh. I can't think of a creature less in control than the Hulk. He's... I'm angry and violent, totally out of control. Have you ever hulked out with Betty? Not when we were... uh... together, but it doesn't matter. Bruce shook his head. She's better off staying clear. She shouldn't be so trusting. But she does trust you, Tony insisted. I don't trust myself! Bruce took another deep breath. I'd never forgive myself if I hurt her. She can make her own decisions. Tony said, and I can make mine, Bruce said calmly. He let Tony go and stepped away. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Tony worried his bottom lip a moment. He glanced around the workshop. Dummy was still playing ball, unaware of the tension behind him. Lucky bot. Tony cleared his throat. Hey, so did Cap tell you I introduced him to Star Trek? Bruce smiled, perhaps a little grateful. Oh, really? Original series? Duh, obviously. Anyway, I think we're going to watch a few episodes tonight. You should come hang out. If you spend any more time meditating on your floor, I'm going to think it's emo instead of zen, so yeah, come hang out. I'll do that. Sounds fun. Bruce said, and added a little more softly. You're a good friend, Tony. Friend? Tony expected to feel a little pang, but he didn't. Just a warm sort of pleasure. Rudy was right. He didn't totally suck at making friends. He had the shit under control. Hey, Jarvis. Get Cap on the line. Yes, sir. Captain Rogers speaking. Steve answered briskly. 
Hey, Steve, at ease, just me. So, hey, I was wondering what time you want to watch Star Trek. Like I said, we can start with Lost Flight, since you slept through part of it. I... Steve paused. You want to watch it tonight? He sounded surprised. Sure, why not? I mean, unless you've got plans. No, not at all. He still sounded surprised, but pleased too. That sounds lovely. I can meet you whenever it's convenient. Great. I'll order pizzas meet you in the common room at 15. Just wrapping up here. All right, Tony. Sounds good. A pause. Thank you. Jarvis, end call. And order pizza. My faves. You know the drill. Salad as well, sir. Tony rolled his eyes. Yep, sure. And shoot Pepper an email with a big picture of the salad. Tell her I'm a good boy and eating my greens. Sarcasm detected, sir. Is that an actual instruction as well as a pleasantry? Tony snorted. You bet. Now order and email. Oh, and tell Bruce it's Star Trek and T-15. Tony set Dummy back to his charging station, threw out the now empty cartons of Chinese takeout, and skimmed over his Stark Industries email, then headed up to the common room. When he got there, Steve was already sitting on the couch, notebook in hand and an extra pencil behind his right ear. When he heard Tony approach, he quickly closed the book and turned to look over the back of the couch. Must be excited about Star Trek, Tony said. You're early. Steve shrugged. So are you. I'm here to get pizza and stuff set up. I'll help. Steve put the notebook, a generic-looking spiral pad labeled Quality Acid-Free Drawing Paper, on the coffee table and got to his feet. Honestly, when you said we could watch that episode again, I didn't expect you'd have time for quite a while, Steve said with a smile. I'm glad you could take the time. You work so hard. Tony waved it off and pointed at his notebook. So, what's all that? Oh, nothing, Steve shrugged. Just a hobby. Tony opened his mouth, but Jarvis spoke first, announcing, Sir, your pizzas have arrived. Identification authenticated. Shall I allow elevator access? Yep, send him up. Tony reached into his back pocket and took out a small brown leather wallet. Tony held his hands up. Whoa, what's that? It's a wallet, Steve said deadpan. Pretty sure you still have wallets in the 21st century. They hold money, used to pay for goods and services. Ha ha, Tony said. Next thing you'll be saying you want to pay cash. Uh, Steve fidgeted. Cash? Seriously? Tony laughed. These days, walls mostly hold credit cards and membership cards, but either way, I already beat you to it. I paid and tipped by card when I placed the order. Oh. Steve looked vaguely disappointed. He started opening his wallet. Well, at least let me... Oh my god, seriously, put that away, Tony said. Billionaire, remember? I haven't forgotten, Cap said, the beginnings of his stubborn look creeping over his face. But that's no reason to always stick you with the bill. I have a job. I'm not some... some... Steve stuttered a little, grappling for the right word, but Tony's mind was leaping ahead to supply possibilities. Charity case. Freeloader. Lazy bum. Shit. Tony blinked. You can't just throw your money around at people. Pepper hissed in his mind. No, hey, that's not... Tony cut Steve off. Look, just, you're always cooking, you know? And trust me, you do not want to eat the food I'd cook us, so I order out. No big deal, just hospitality. But hey, if you like... Next time, you can order the Star Trek provisions. I'll even show you how to do it online and prepay with your card and stuff. Cap nodded and returned his wallet to his pocket. All right, he said, smiling again. I'd like that. Thanks, Tony. The elevator doors opened on a pretty, plump teenager with short blue hair and lip piercings. Oops, her, not him. Hello, Mr. Stark, she said in a polite, professional voice. I have your order right here. Great, Tony said, trying to remember if he'd met her before. Maybe before her hair was blue? He collected the boxes and checked her blouse for a name tag. No luck. So, we're all sorted? Tony asked. Yes, sir. She hesitated, seeming to struggle for a moment, then added, But I think there might have been a mistake on the tip field. I was, uh... Tony almost laughed. Yeah, she must be new. Nope, not a mistake, Tony said with a grin. Welcome to Stark Tower. She blinked. Thank you, she said, a little too loud. Then she seemed to gather herself. 
Thank you, sir, and thank you for choosing Piat GP3 this evening. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. With that, she disappeared back into the elevator. When Tony turned, Steve was just giving him this, this look, a muted, not quite smile, like he was trying to hold in a grin or something. Huh. Tony carried the pizza over to the coffee table. The stairwell door opened. Hi, Steve, Bruce said, walking into the living room. Tony mentioned you were watching Star Trek. Mind if I join you? Of course not. That would be lovely, Steve said with an earnest smile. Did you watch Star Trek growing up too? On and off, Bruce said. I saw reruns on TV occasionally, but didn't watch all of it until college. Oh, hi, Tony, Bruce said, turning toward the kitchen and catching sight of him. You didn't mention that you were getting pizza. Tony shrugged. I counted you in and got a half pesto anyway. Thanks, Bruce said. Would you like a hand with that, Tony? Tony rolled his eyes. I can pick out salad bowls on my own, thanks. So how many episodes have you seen so far? Bruce asked, turning back to Steve. As Tony gathered bowls and utensils, even napkins, they picked out the best beers for their pizzas. Steve and Bruce chatted about Star Trek. Steve's voice was warm, genial. He sounded truly pleased to see Bruce and to have him joining them for Star Trek. Something relaxed inside Tony that he hadn't even known was a little bit tense. He really wants to be friends. All right, Tony said, settling in the middle of the couch and handing them each a bowl of salad. Let's boldly go. Jarvis, roll it. Good morning, sir. The time in Stock Tower is 9.53 a.m. Curtain temperature outside, 57 degrees. Tony stretched. Morning, Jay, he said around a yawn, trying to remember when he'd gone to bed. The three of them had binged on five, no, six episodes of Star Trek, and even more beer, so, eh, who cares? He got plenty of sleep. Tony stumbled towards the bathroom, scratching his butt. What? Nobody could see him. Tony brushed his teeth and frowned at his reflection in the mirror. He was looking a little... unkempt. Tony rinsed and spat. Hey, Jay, make an appointment with Jackie for me, would you? Haircut and all the extras. When would you like the appointment, sir? Soon as possible, Tony said, peering at his face. May I remind you that Mr. Lee has an extensive wait list for his services? Just make it as soon as he can fit me in, or should I call Jackie myself? Tony asked, frowning up at the ceiling, then stripping and heading into the shower. A few moments later, Jarvis announced, Mr. Lee says you're in luck. He has an opening this afternoon at four. There was a cancellation. Jarvis's tone sounded oddly reproachful. Tony wanted to be irritated that his AI had these little partialities and loyalties, but mostly he just felt proud. Great, he called with a grin. Thanks, Jay. Jackie Lee was probably the most stereotypical girly boy sub Tony knew. There were some beauticians in SoCal who would happily give him a run for his money. Jackie was enthusiastically flamboyant in his performance of a certain stereotypical version of subby. It was so overt, it neared postmodern parody. Twenty years ago, Tony would have despised him, or at least avoided him like the plague. Now he hoped he knew better than to dismiss someone based on appearance or mannerisms. Today, Jackie was wearing tight white trousers, electric pink platforms, and a matching pink chiffon blouse. The instant he saw Tony, he gasped. Tony! You promised me you wouldn't do this anymore! Jackie stepped forward to peer at Tony, nimble despite the clunky heels. Tony, baby, the next time you're feeling low, you call me! I'm here for you! You don't have to cut! Tony rolled his eyes. Jackie ran his fingers through Tony's hair, clucking his tongue. What did you use in the back? A weed whacker? What kind of billionaire cuts his own hair? Tony shrugged. The kind busy building world-saving technologies. Fine, fine. Jackie patted the salon chair, and Tony settled, ready for a nice long scalp massage and a hot shampoo. Hmm, Jackie murmured, examining Tony's face. Better do something about those eyebrows, too. Tony shrugged, and Jackie gave a satisfied nod, before asking, as always, So, are we just doing the usuals today, or are you going to get with the modern age and let me fix you up nice? Just the usual, Tony said, as always. Jackie sighed. So, how's Teresa? Tony asked, eager to distract Jackie from the million beautifying procedures he didn't want. She's great! 
Jackie said, coating his hands in scented oils and beginning Tony's massage. My darling Dyke finally let me update her old butch cut. Sleek and sophisticated, but low maintenance. Half Wall Street, half Greek goddess. Artemis on the warpath. After Teresa Williams, the famous managing partner of the even more famous Williams law firm, married Jackie, Tony had expected him to give up his salon, but five years later, his beauty empire had only grown. Anyway, enough about my gorgeous queen, Jackie said, pressing his thumbs firmly to Tony's temples. Got any good gossip for me? Any news? FYI, if you missed it, like you always do, Perez Hilton laid into you for wearing the same tux again to that gala, but I was like, hello, charity fundraiser, not showing off the wealth, donating it to a good cause, unlike everybody else on that red carpet. Boom. So go on, baby. Spill. Jackie was a superb stylist, but his greatest currency was information. Blah, blah, the usual, Tony said with a shrug. Beautiful people, mean people, self-absorbed people, sprinkled with occasional idealists. You know I'm fond of Sam Dietz and Rebecca Martinez, right? I think you've mentioned that. Well, I'm only getting fonder. If I could write a Yelp review, they'd get five stars. Jackie laughed. Oh, good, I'll put them in my Rolodex. And you know who else I just added? On the word of two very reliable little birdies. Harry Silverstein. Really? Mm-hmm. Way I hear it, anybody with prejudice against bald doms is making a terrible mistake with those two. Well, they do have more domesterio, Tony said with a shrug. Harry seemed like a good guy when we met. Chews with his mouth open, but there are worse things. He's at Goldman Sachs, right? Nope. He dumped them for a promotion over at Morgan Stanley when they pushed out Zuckerman. Jackie scratched at Tony's scalp with just the right amount of pressure. It made Tony want to purr. Teresa worked with Harry once on a big M&A. Jackie laughed. He's a dom with a dick, but she actually doesn't hate him, so he must be doing something right. Anyway, Jackie said, doing something magical with his fingers. There must be more gala gossip than that. Yeah, I guess, Tony frowned. Thomas Belford. He hesitated for a moment, looking for the right words. He's a creep. Feel free to spread it around. Damn, Jackie said, massaging Tony's temples. Okay, you're not the first person to say less than glowing things about him. You okay? How bad? I had to sick Title Three on him. Oof. Jackie made a sympathetic little sound. Tony laughed, then added dryly, and I'm pretty sure Captain America wanted to throw him off the balcony. Next time, sweetie, you let him. I'll tell the girls. Three strikes, Belford's out. Quiet, though, Tony cautioned. I'm the soul of discretion, Jackie cried at the front. But speaking of Captain America, why haven't I cut his hair yet? And more importantly, why haven't you set me up with that gorgeous specimen? Wouldn't Teresa mind? Tony asked with a raised eyebrow. Jackie tutted. The captain's been on my list since 1988. For him, I bet she'd make an exception, and Kotop and her star-spangled panties. Tony laughed, not quite sure if Jackie was joking. Jackie tilted the salon chair back and guided Tony's head to rest in the marble wash basin. Hmm, I would climb that man like a tree. Those shoulders, that jaw, those arms. Jackie whistled. Jesus, he is sex on a stick. How can you stand it? How have you not thrown yourself at him yet? I doubt I'd last five minutes. Tony didn't say anything. The water felt a little too warm. Jackie raised his eyebrows. He gave Tony a playful shove and said teasingly, You dog! You already did, didn't you? Jackie gave a performative sigh. I see how it is. You won't set me up because you want him all for yourself. Well, in two weeks you'll be over it. So when he's crying into his pillow, you give him my number, baby. It's not like that, Tony said tone unexpectedly harsh. He frowned and took a deep breath. He's my captain, and Steve, he's not... not like that. He's old-fashioned. He doesn't just run around hooking up with people. Pretty sure they had sex back in the 40s, Jackie said with a wry smile, lathering Tony's hair. 
and the whole old school don't kiss and tell thing would hardly have a gentleman boasting about his conquests. So for all you know, his captain keeps his banging quiet. Just because you are apparently crazy enough you don't want to hit it doesn't mean there aren't 100 million red-blooded American subs, single and hitched alike, who drop it for him in a minute, myself included. And you know Teresa's a very open-minded dom, and my birthday's coming up. I bet she'd be willing to give her beloved husband that all-American spit roast he's always wanted. Don't be gross, Tony snapped. Jackie raised one perfectly sculpted eyebrow. And since when are you such a prude, Tony Stark? I've never seen you hesitate to verbally drool over the celebrity dom with the best butt and prettiest tits. Tony grimaced. Look, it's weird, okay? Steve's my friend. I thought he was Captain Self-Righteous Rogers, pain in the ass, which is the only good thing about him. Tony winced, and hating his own embarrassment, went on the offensive, snapping, Just knock it off, okay? He's Captain America. Show some fucking respect. Mm-hmm. Jackie murmured in that tone that said, I know everything and you can't fool me. It reminded him of Natasha. Jackie turned the water on and put a hand carefully against Tony's forehead. He never let any water spray onto Tony's face. Then, after a moment's silence, Jackie asked brightly, So, honey, you're sure you're still not interested in anal bleaching? Tony groaned. At least let me wax you! Legs only, Tony insisted, waving his hands. If God wanted me to have a hair-free anus, he'd have made it that way. God, Tony! You want to drag God into your anus? Jackie let out a startled laugh. Oh, wow! That went somewhere filthy fast! Tony couldn't hold it in. He burst out laughing. Point, I'm an atheist. I don't want God near my anything. Well, if God had banged you, maybe you wouldn't be an atheist anymore. Jackie winked. Keep that in mind the next time somebody has you moaning, Oh God, oh God, oh God. Tony chuckled. Jackie launched into a riff on Madonna and Sexy Jesus, and Tony was glad to have everything back to normal. And Captain America banished from the conversation. Notes. Regarding Dyke. This was probably clear from context, but just to clarify, in this AU, Dyke is slang for a female dom. Though historically used as a pejorative, the word has undergone a process of reappropriation is now often, though not always, used as a term of self-identification or affectionately, in regarding doms who like to use the term themselves. Thanks so much for joining me, everybody. I hoped you liked it, since I continually find myself tempted to write really rambling author's notes, and since several of you who don't have AO3 accounts have asked about my update schedule, I've now made a Tumblr. Yay! On it, you will find thoughts about this AU, updates on its progress, occasional anecdotes about me, real-life liberationism, BDSM, and some funny stuff as well. I'd be delighted to have you join me. I'm http colon slash slash ms-meredith-milton.tumblr.com slash. Hope to see you there! This is Anship. I like doing quirky characters. One of my favorite voices is Campy German. So I'm hoping that I got really stereotyped submissive boy dom thing down. It was fun. Please let me know what you think of visual descriptions. I could probably do more, but I wasn't quite sure how much is too much. I've listened to some audio descriptions, and they tend to be to the point, mostly for video, but I'm perfectly willing to adapt. <laughs>